Thank you for listening to this message from Flow Church, a brand new church plant in the city of Melbourne, Australia. We pray that this word will help you experience and express the goodness of God in every sphere and season of life. You know, have you ever been, (laughs) are you one of those art gallery person that turns up to an art gallery and, and wants to just sit or stand and admire at a beautiful painting. You know, it's, um, it's one of those who are knowing the movie in Hollywood. Well, I see, I'm, I don't know about you, but every time there is a scene of going into the gallery, you see someone standing there admiring this beautiful painting. And then another guy or girl comes stand next to them and they start admiring it and then says something and they keep watching, but they're saying something and then they turn around, they go, oh, I found my future partner. I've tried that. It hasn't worked. (laughs) We're still here. But, you know, in an art gallery, it's an amazing thing because what happens is actually there's a silence, an incredible silence where all you hear is probably people's thought, people thinking as they're watching this incredible um, painting and trying to understand and convey what the the, the author was trying to convey and the painter's trying to say to the people that are seeing. And what happens is that there's nothing that's being conveyed vocally. It's a quiet place, it's silence, but yet there is a transaction that's taking place. And the same too is the story that I bring to you this morning, which is the story of Jericho. Now Jericho is one of those stories that you, uh, has many ways of, it's got many facets to it when it comes to how we understand what God's trying to say. And before I can delve into it, let me just allow the Holy Spirit to come. I know that he's here already. Father, we thank you that you are here already. And yet, Lord God, our desire is that you would speak. Father, that you'd speak through my vocal cord. God, that you will convey what only you can convey so well into our heart. We commit every word that is going to be spoken, every exchange, and we ask Holy Spirit that you will silence any other thoughts or distraction that we want to take away from this seed that's about to be planted, from the stirring that's about to take place. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just want to thank my amazing friend Natalie to come in today too. She's purely here because she wants to say a lot of amen loud ones, to just aim. (laughs) Hey, I told you I paid paid her. Um, (laughs) So let me give you a bit of context when we're looking at um, Jericho. So the context is that the children of Israel have had 40 years in the wilderness with the amazing, incredible leader, Moses. But Moses is no more. Moses is dead. And so Joshua is stepping to the place. And as he does, we've had a whole generation of 40 years um, of going around the wilderness, but the generation of fathers who are also no more. Why? Because God had said they they rebelled against um, the, the commandment of God. They complained to Moses and Aaron. And as a result of that, the consequence was you will not enter the promised land. So we see here that Joshua now is the, the new leader and he's, um, he's witnessing an incredible threshold, a shift that is taking place, not just in his leadership, but also around with the people. Because the, 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 popula- the, the congregation, or should I say the community, 
is no longer all the community. This is now the sons of the fathers that had been gone. They were only 20 years. So anyone 20 and above was no longer alive. Now you can imagine, which is probably in this room, <laughs> some of you being 20 years old, men who were now the ones that were being looked on as leaders that are about to take on Jericho. So what has just happened is that the Jordan has just parted. There's been a miracle where the Jordan River was parted and the children of Israel were able to walk through. And not just that happened, God also came and said to them, you need to circumcise. It's time for you to circumcise, and which means an act of obedience and consecration to serve God because that, that is the way in those days that used to happen. I was trying to think so much about the fact that these were 20-year-old men that had to be circumcised and every boy crossed their legs. And so it's, it's, it's a big thing. It's a massive thing to realize that in a whole community, the sound of grown men <laughs> that had to be circumcised. I get it when it's a child just born, but a grown, try and imagine, because sometimes in the Bible is very peculiar. It's good for us to sometimes go there, think about it. That's a lot of men <laughs> that were probably screaming out for, for days, <laughs> 20 years old, not two years old, not three months old, 20 years old. And so what, what, what does that indicate? They were incapacitated, they were probably very vulnerable, and at the same time, this is another event that's taking place because they have come now, they are they, they, they're walking around uh, Canaan, this is the promised land where they are now. So God asked of Joshua and said that Passover, which is the celebration feast of the Passover, needed to also take place. So this is happening. They're eating for days, enjoying the fact that they produce, and also at the same time, keep in mind, 40 years where bread was coming from heaven and just dropping down pizza. Have it every day. Sam, you know, you want my pepperoni? No manna every day do you want it was every day they had the same food for 40 years but this time around after passover what happens is that they get to feed on the produced and the the vegetable and the grain that they with their own hands were able to plant how exciting is that for the first time here they are eating from their hands and the work of their hands and from that time on the manna stopped so we have so many things as is happening. It's, it's all these new things that God's stepping in and he's saying, and we read in, in, in a chapter one where the scripture says to us, where God says to Joshua, my servant, uh, Moses is dead. Now it's your time to step up. Three times he's being encouraged, um, be courageous and Take over the land. Be Three times he gets encouraged. Be courageous, be courageous, be courageous. And I'm going to be with you, the Lord said. And I love what God was saying because he was reminding him that I understand <laughs> that you have been under an incredible leader. And then suddenly it's your turn. And so the encouragement was needed because I can only imagine how fearful um, uh, Joshua would have been. So it's in this time <laughs> where the Passover's happened and people are celebrating, and I'm imagining here Joshua thinking the weight on his shoulder of having to be the leader who has to now carry the children of Israel to take over this big, massive wall in front of them. So I can only imagine that he's walking around and he's thinking, God, you, <laughs> you, you have to be with me. 
you, you've got to walk with me. I can't do this. And so we're taking, before we read the main portion of the scripture, I want to actually read verse um, chapter 5. And it says this in chapter 5, verse 13. You don't have to turn there if you can't, but I'll just read it to you, or for you, I should say. Um, it says, now when Joshua, verse 13, now when Joshua was, was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And then Joshua did so. I love God because he didn't just say three times to Joshua, Be courageous and don't be afraid, I'm going to be with you. But he actually turns up. How do we know that he's not just another angel, it's God? It's because he said, Take off the sandals, because the place where you are, it's holy ground. And the second why we know it's God himself, it's Jesus, the commander in chief that we are talked of often in the scripture. He says to him, Joshua fall prostrate before him. And we know scripture calls us not to worship angels, but to worship him alone. So God himself turns up to say to Joshua, it is time for you to know that I am the one who's going to take you through this battle. So it's from here that we start reading as we look through Joshua 5, and we read this. I now, from verse 1, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hand. So we see in chapter 6, uh, five where he's coming, it stands before him, and here he's saying, see, I have delivered, I'm going to stop there, I'm going to read in a second, but I'm stopping there for a purpose. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hand. Victory was already established in the realm of the spirit, but the system for transferring needed to be aligned. I'm going to repeat that the victory was already established in the spiritual realm, but the system for transferring it needed to be aligned. Fight for the realm of the spirit. That's the order that God was taking. That's why he turned up. He said, I have done it in the spiritual realm already, but I need you now to align and to follow every step that I'm going to take you through for you to then see that victory manifest physically. Amen. So here we go, the, the scripture goes on in uh, verse 3, it said, March around the city f with all the armed men, do this for six days, have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark, on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priest blowing the trumpet, when you, when you hear this, the, the sound and long blasts on the trumpet, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry them, uh, carry the trumpet in front of it. Then he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, seven priests carrying the seven trumpet before the Lord, went forward, blowing that trumpet, and the act of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpet, and the rear guard followed them, followed the ark. 
All this time the trumpet was sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a, a war cry, <laughs> do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day that I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once, then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marched before the ark of the Lord, blowing their trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpet kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at the day at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the manner in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, "Shout, for the Lord has given you the city, the city that all that is in are to be devoted to the Lord." Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies with, with sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by, the, by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of the Israel liable to the destruction and bring trouble, uh, trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles, bronze, iron, are sacred to the Lord and must go into the treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, uh, when the men gave a loud shout, the, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Incredible. You know, Sun, Sun Tzu was a Chinese military general, uh, a strategist and a, philosoph a philosopher who lived during the Eastern uh, Zoo period, known, as, uh, known for his great work when it came to um, the art of war. Now, this guy was uh, affected, his work uh, was affected not just in the Eastern Asian uh, region, but also in, with the West when it came to his philosophy around military thinking. This is what he says. He says, the rule is not to besiege walled city if it can possibly be avoided. The preparation of mentless, movable shelters and various implements of war will take up three whole months, and the piling up of mounds over against the wall will take three months more. Now, if Sun Tzu is saying to us, <laughs> you need at least, it will take you at least three months and more to try and pull and get rid of what's happening in the wall in front of us. He was saying that in th more than three months. But the amazing thing here, what we just read is that in seven days, God was able to do that. Seven days. How amazing is our God? You know, I think that it's, it's phenomenal when we think that Jericho represented a mystery. It was something that could not be moved with bare hands or natural weapon that the children of Israel knew at the time. God needed to intervene for a purpose. And I just wanted to encourage us this morning to recognize that we live in days where there are so many challenges in our lives. There are so many things that are going on, and it's not something that we need to keep speaking about, but it's something that we need to recognize it's only by the Spirit of the living God. God himself turning up to fight for us will we see a shift. If we continue to just think that I'm going to work this out myself, 
we will be doing 40 years like the children of Israel do. But I love that Joshua was so following after the, the steps that God had ordained for him to do, for them to see the victory that they needed to see. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> the house is too quiet. <laughs> so the purpose of my, the, the message this morning is that unlike other war, the purpose of fighting this city was not to occupy it. We need to recognize that it wasn't to occupy it. However, it had something that belonged to the children of Israel that was going to help them to step in into the next season. I'm going to repeat that. Unlike other wars, the purpose of fighting in this city was not to occupy it, but it had something that belonged to the, the Israelites to help unlock the next step into the future. Verse 17 says, The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab and the prostitute and all her family were the ones that we need. So, so you can see there that God was saying there is something in there that belongs to us and we have to make sure that we go after it. So the strategy of warfare and every time when God takes on his strategy, his strategy doesn't look like our world. It doesn't look like how we do things. And we see this in 2 Corinthians 10 where he says, for the weapon of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty for pulling down strongholds. And this is a stronghold that they are standing in front of. And I love that Jesus came, the commander-in-chief turns up, says to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous, and then turns up in person with a sword ready to say, now I have come. Now I've come because there's a wall in front. Of, it's done. <laughs> it's done. But what I need you to do is realign yourself so you can see what your purposes are to try and get what you need to take in order for you to go to the next season. Pastor Sam, I believe that this is a word for now, for this house, that we are about, we are standing at the threshold, ready to step in into the next season. And God is saying, you cannot do this with words. You cannot do this with a weapon that we recognize, but you have to recognize that there are spiritual weapons that we need to work with. Can I hear an amen? So we see here where the first thing that God commands uh, is in, in verse 4. It says, have seven priests with trumpets and rams of horn in front of the ark. Seven priests. Amazing, not two, seven, which seven he signifies completion, number of completion. So we see God says that, why seven priests, you ask? Because to offer sacrifices to God. The role of a priest, the office of a priest is a role that every single one of us hold. We all hold that because we see that in 1 Peter 9, 2, he said, we are royal priesthood, we are a holy nation. Call unto God to declare the praises of, his, of, of our God. Amen. So this is number two, the second uh, scripture in Revelation 1, 6 says, and has made us to be, to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. So we have here in front of us what God is trying to show you is that priests have an incredible role. The only way we see a wall come down is when we have priests align themselves to bring to service to God. It's sacrifice. And what does that sacrifice? It's worship. What is that sacrifice? It's prayer. Pray. <laughs> Praise and prayer is the office of priesthood. And so we can't say it's only for Pastor Sam or it's only for Pastor Joel or it's only for every pastor up there. But we see the scripture here clearly saying we are all priesthood. 
We are all called to be priesthood and, and people that need to recognize the, the office of priesthood holds an incredible key when it comes to taking cities, when it comes to taking issues and challenges in our lives. It's us to awaken to the spirit of prayer. Can I hear an amen? And so we have here um, the symbol of defeat. <laughs> um, the symbol of, this, of defeat of a defeated city is the absence of priesthood and the absence of the ark. There is no victory without these two. The sword was not, can you recognize, we recognize that God did not say take the sword. He said take the ark. He aligns them. He said take the guards. The ark must follow. The priests must have their seven trumpet because they're worshiping. The sound needs to go, but no word needs to be said. No word. Why? Because there was, there was a fight that was happening in the spiritual realm. And that fight needed us to silence our negativity <laughs> because when we speak, Sometimes we speak negatives into that situation. So God's saying, no, 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 it's not your time to speak. You need to simply walk. So fight from the realm of the spirit. That's the order. There are, there are power that needs to, to, um, to be unleashed, but that those can only be done when the priests are standing in their position. Amen. The second thing that we see there in verse 4 as well is that the ark, the presence of God needed to be there. So the ark obviously is the presence of God. So never enter a city until the ark enters first. Amen. Never enter the city until the ark defeats the city. I love that next week we're heading off to a new position, a new place we're going. Yes, we need you to <laughs> make sure you find your, your car. But at the same time, we want to declare something. Yeah. We want to declare that we have turned up. God's yeah. people are here. And it's us, we want to say, we want to have the loudest voice in the atmosphere yeah. when it comes to God's people. And it's not about just going out. Just, it's not... Friends, let's recognize that what we're doing here is a very spiritual thing. Yeah. We are taking ground. Yeah. We're stepping in. And, and when we do that, we have to do that with the position of priest. And we have to do it with the presence of God. Yeah. So we see here that enter spiritually and allow the ark to talk to the controlling powers in the area. There are controlling powers that have taken lives for too long, that have taken territory and areas for too long. Have you ever been in places where you see the same issues going on, unemployment in an area, or you see in another place it's always just a breakup of family and divorce? These are all spiritual powers that God has called us, priest people that are his royal priesthood, to position ourselves and to silence the wake of the enemy in the place. God's presence could confront what no physical weapon could. And that's why I said to them, it's not about weapon. There's been war where you've needed to use not this one. So not everybody can carry the ark, but everyone can benefit from it in the presence of God. Amen. So we have here in verse 17, where we're told about the spoil. Remember I said earlier that this was not the type of war that people were accustomed to. It wasn't the type of war where the purpose of it was not to occupy the place, but it was to come in and to get the spoil. 
It had something in there. And I just know that many of us, you know, there are certain prayers that God calls us to, to do in order for us to see victory on the other side, which is on behalf of people. It could, be, it could be someone in your workplace. It could be someone in your family. It could be someone in your community. It could be someone within our community here in a church. And I just believe that it's time for us to, as we step into new places, so too God will ask us to step up. The same thing that we've seen him do with Joshua, he said, it's time for you to step up, circumcise. The Passover is on its way. And, and, and one of the things that I didn't mention earlier was he also did say to uh, Joshua, I'm going to remove your reproach. What, was he, what did that mean? It meant that the shame that the children of Israel carried for 400 years when they were slaves to uh, the Egyptian, God was now saying, I'm removing that. It's a new day. And I want to encourage someone here today. God is for you. God wants to remove the shame of, of the residue of your family past and the different things that have happened. It is not for you to carry anymore. It is for us to recognize that the Spirit of God is here to break free so that we can step into that next level. Can I hear an amen? So we, we have these spoils that God talks about. And it's the city, it says the city um, and all that is in it are, the devoted, are devoted to the Lord. And they had just passed through the Jordan and they were making their way to start taking over the land that God had, had, had um, acquired already in the spiritual realm for them. But to do that, it was also about building the temple and bringing sacrifice of praise. And what was in it, what was in Jericho was needed to be able to do altars, to be able to worship and bring uh, um, um, sacrifices of praise to God. And in those days, it was very much about bringing stuff. You know, now we bring, we bring money, we bring our time, bring worship. But in those days, it was, you know, animals, <laughs> it was jewelry, it was all kinds of things. So it was saying, you go in there, it's not about taking that land because as we read through, if you've got time, I encourage you please to read through that whole chapter and the, priv and the one after because you see the Joshua cursing Jericho afterwards. And for, for, for a number of years, no one built in that place because there was a curse there. So that's it, you're done. You're no longer, we, we came to get what we needed to get. We came to get even rehab. Rehab is, is, is now in the genealogy of Christ. Those were the two things that they needed to get to position themselves to start taking land after land after land. Amen. And so I believe this, in this age as we live in, and you know, I go around and I hear so many people say, yeah, I will, um, I'm a Christian as well. And then when I engage in a conversation, I find out that it's a very different Christian. It's not the Christian of the Bible that they are. You know, I read oh, and, and we see across everywhere people that they say, I believe in God. And then when you find out, I was um, just a couple of years ago on, on our social uh, media, church social media, I was posting something for one of the projects that I was looking after. And I, when I posted that, someone then, responded by saying, which God? Because <laughs> um, I said something to do with God, and I thought, very good question. And I said, thank you. Very good question. I'm, I'm referring to the God of the Bible. I'm referring to Jesus Christ. Because there are many gods out there. And I just believe that the word of God says this to us. 
if my people, not people that don't walk with God, but us God's people, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will heal the land. And I want to encourage us today that the stepping us of taking on, moving to Burwood is not just a, it's not, in, it's not, let's not take it lightly. There is something supernatural that God is doing in a small team like this one. And you'll be amazed when we step in to say, you know what, God's stepping us to take the land, and I, but we must be prepared. The office of our priesthood, we need to stir it up again. If it, me, it means five, you know, you've heard uh, Sam mentioned about 24-7, the prayer. It is, it's the real thing. This day and age, as I mentioned, Bill, there are many gods and many people that are worshipping out there. There are many people that are believing whatever, whatever. <laughs> but there's, it's nothing to what we know, which is Christ came and rose on the third day and he, and, he, and, he, and, and, and he has a future for us and he's calling every single one of us to position ourselves and to be able to take on land, to take on lives, to be able to pray for people and recognize that there are people that are crying out and waiting for the people of God to stand up and take their position. You know, it says in Romans that the sons of God, it, there's a yearning for the sons of God to be revealed. Creation is crying out for us to stand and take our position. And so I want to encourage just this morning, it is time for us to recognize that the office of priesthood and the presence of God are the only thing in the last days that we live in that we will see shift our world into the place that God wants us to be. As I finish, let me just share a story of one of my beloved, amazing old sister um, who has for many, many years suffered um, mental illness. And when she doesn't take her tablet, uh, we, we fear pretty much for her life and have to pray really hard. And this particular incident happened a few years ago where she then, we almost lost her, where she f jumped off her balcony because she just couldn't, she didn't, she lost, you know, wasn't taking her medication. And I just remember that day calling the family units, the many of us and those that could pray, and I said, we need to pray. We can't keep having this year in, year out. This is, it's, it's hurting all of us. And I just remember for the first time we prayed like we've never prayed. We, we believe, or most of us are believers in the family, but we pray individually. And then some of us are maybe close to each other, we'll talk a lot, we'll, we'll pray. But in this incident, I pull in the brother, pull in the sister, and I say to my mom at the time, can we, we need to pray. And you know, I tell you, we prayed like there was no tomorrow. And we saw an incredible shift. Why? Because we recognized that we had an office. Yeah. Our office of priesthood holds such incredible. God's healing for her is already there. God's healing for you is already there. God's victory for your work is already there. God's victory for your family. God's victory for souls. He said, ask of me and I give you the nation as an inheritance. It's there. But can I encourage us, friends? We need to align like Joshua did. It's there. But God's saying, I have now come. I have done it already, but I need you to now position and do what I'm asking you to do. And I just want to encourage us today. It's a stirring, um, Pastor Sam, that this word of Jericho we can, can be looked upon in many different ways. But I believe that the office of priesthood is something that we all need to start reestablishing again if we are to see what God wants us to see in the journey that we're going ahead. Amen. Bless the Lord. Father, I thank you so much for who you are.
we honor you, Lord God, that you have, you believe in us even when we don't believe in ourselves. And God, you have called every single one of us at the sound of my voice in this room to recognize, Lord God, that sometime you call us to take on possession of things, not to possess it in a way that we think. But Father, it's because it's going to unleash the next, the spoil for the next journey that we are stepping into. And in the name of Jesus, Holy One, we ask that you would stir hearts this morning for anyone here who's feeling like there's a stirring of things that you know you haven't been praying for, but you know they need to be prayed for for you to see the victory that you need. If you are that person, I will be here at the front and I'd love to pray for you. If you're online with us this morning, we thank you for tuning in. But at the same time, if that's you, I pray that you reach out to us. You reach out to Pastor Sam or Lachlan or myself to pray with you. But collectively, Father, we come this morning and we pray. Father, open the eyes of our heart to see what we can't seem to see and to hear what you need us to hear for this season. We thank you in Jesus' name.